the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Rebecca started her career in New York City working with brands such as Tupperware, Svetka Vodka, Morgan's Hotel Group, and Tribeca Film Festival on media relations, events, social media, and influencer marketing. After six years of PR agency life and far too many nights out in NYC, she moved back to Miami to join Fusion TV, the Disney Univision joint venture as a director of communications and special events, overseeing the TV network's day-to-day PR efforts and event ideation, execution, and sponsorships. She is currently the Director of Public Relations and Branded Content for Sumba Fitness, where she oversees all PR, social media, and branded content efforts for Sumba, Strong by Sumba, and Sumbaware. Rebecca was honored by PR News as one of the top women in PR for 2019 for her work at Sumba. Rebecca is a proud graduate of the University of Florida, Go Gators, where she received a Bachelor of Arts in English with a minor in Mass Communications. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss Season 3. We're so excited. 2020, New Year. And in this series, we're celebrating women in public relations who are doing big things, but also doing very different things within the space. So today we have Rebecca Dorfman. Welcome. Hi, Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks so much for having me. My first podcast. Oh, we're, wow. we're very excited to pop your cherry <laughs> in the podcast world. I hope this is one of many for you. Me too. <laughs> So tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about like, you know, what drew you into the career of PR, et cetera. Yeah, of course. So um, my PR origin story, I guess, is a bit unique. Um, My mom is a former professional athlete and nutritionist. So growing up, uh, she took me on the road a lot while she was working. And so whether it was a a race in another country or a a media gig because she was working as a spokeswoman for some kind of brand, um, I was always there and I was seeing the people who she was interacting with. And um, there was always that one person who was sort of telling her what to do and what to say. And I told her, I want to be that person. So you knew so, from a really young age. Yeah, I knew really early on. And and I sort of became a professional intern because in high school, um, every summer of high school, I had a PR internship. So even when I couldn't drive, my parents would drive me, drop me off and pick me up from a PR agency. I, I worked at a lot of different places, a real estate company. Um, I worked with the Truth Campaign. They had a special internship for high school interns around the country. And then through college, I also um, interned a lot. So by the time I graduated, I definitely knew PR was for me. Um, But the first realization was when I was extremely, extremely young. But you grew up in Miami. I did. And then you moved to New York. I did. After college, I moved to New York. Well, I actually, I spent the summer before my senior year in New York interning for CNN. So I figured if I lived in New York and worked there and can sort of figure out um, if that worked for me, uh, which it did, then I definitely wanted to to move there when I really kicked off my career. So um, after college, I actually moved to Africa. I spent the summer. <laughs> I, I spent wild. the summer um, living with a family and teaching dance at an orphanage because dance has always been a really big passion of mine. And then I moved to New York in in two thousand nine. That's so exciting <laughs> and so so wild. I didn't know that what about part you. Of Africa. Um, I was in South Africa in an area called Midrand, which is about an hour outside of Johannesburg. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Amazing. tell us about like the agency life in New York and then 
coming back to Miami and like just working for corporate America, but in Miami versus like the New York life that you were living? Yeah, of course. So um, when I was working at CNN in New York, I had an amazing boss and mentor there. And she was basically like, when you graduate, we will hire you. And then, of course, 2009 was essentially the worst year to ever get a job. And her and I never lost touch. I did a lot of projects with CNN through my senior year. And it was just one of those like, sorry, kiddo, we we really can't help you anymore. But I knew I needed to be in New York. And luckily, I have amazing parents who were just like, look, get there, work hard, figure out how, you know, how and where you're going to work and we will help you. And they also know I'm the kind of person that I... I wasn't going to take advantage of that uh, opportunity or offer. So I moved to New York. I started just Googling PR agencies and calling every single one. Um, I started at a smaller agency called Maloney and Fox, which about 30 person agency. And I worked with really, really big corporate brands, Fortune 500 companies, um, basically all companies that weren't based in New York. So I was like this 22 year old with a corporate card traveling three and a half weeks out of every month. And I was working directly with CEOs and it was really incredible. But I really moved to New York to live in New York and experience New York. So one night in a true New York fashion, I went to a dinner. I met the owners of this other boutique agency that focused on hospitality and PR um, for fashion brands called Shadow PR. And the next day I had a job offer. So I made the switch Um, I was responsible. I worked in the hospitality department. I was responsible for nightclubs, restaurants, and hotels. So I definitely got my fix of what I wanted in New York. I was out pretty much seven days a week um, doing incredible events and parties and living as a source for many, you know, celeb outlets that wanted details about a party they couldn't get into or something like that. And it was, I, I always tell people who are asking me about, you know, wanting to start their career in PR, or get, get, you know, get more informed about PR. I really think agency life is the way to start. Um, it serves as a great foundation. You're working with multiple clients at one time. So you're learning how to juggle and balance and um, ultimately what it means to sort of report to several different people. And so it was the best six years of my life. Um I had a friend in Miami who approached me and said, look, I, I found out Disney and Univision are launching a network in English for millennials and they're looking for a director of communications and it's going to be based in Miami. Are you interested? And I was someone who I was never leaving New York. I loved New York. Um, I would die in New York. And when this came along, I mean, I have a passion for news. I'm a news junkie. The CNN job sort of that I never had was finally um, at my fingertips. And so I jumped on the opportunity. I flew down to Miami, interviewed with everyone, and it was just a really, really good fit. Um, so I made the move and and started at Fusion. And it was really different, right? So obviously, corporate life, very different from agency life. I think in general, there's just more of a flexibility when you're working at a PR agency. It's sort of like a mom and pop shop. Whereas when you get to corporate life, there's processes that you didn't necessarily have to deal with, whether it's when you're trying to buy something or talk to HR about something. There's just a lot of layers uh, that exist that didn't exist in agency life. But obviously, um, when you speak to a lot of PR people, I think 
working in-house as sort of this coveted role that you hope to get to one day because there's a certain kind of ownership of being an in-house director. And so that overshadowed all of the processes and sort of corporate headaches that I face. Um, So both jobs, both worlds, equally interesting and exciting, but um, I recommend testing and figuring yourself out in both because it's really important. And now you're at Sumba Fitness, yes. which is like as head of PR for the director of PR. Yes. And it's like, it's both of your loves combined, right? So it's like your passion for fitness and dance and PR. Yeah. It, I think in so many ways, Zumba's really the dream job. Um, I had always sort of been told that if a job became available at Zumba, you should try and take it because people stay there a very, very long time, which is a great sign when you're looking for a job um, or looking for a company that you want to work with. But uh, I had a lot of connections to Zumba in weird ways. Um, Although I applied on the website, like I didn't, it was one of those, it was so random. I got like a LinkedIn notification that the job was available. It had been posted for Four months, so I figure. You're like, so, yeah, I'm like, taken I'm something. like, for sure they found someone <laughs> yeah. and they just forgot to take it down. So I just applied through the website. I didn't want to bother anyone who I knew or who I knew knew someone. And like within 24 hours, I had a phone call back, and within a week, I was meeting with a CEO and had a job offer. So um, I was taking Zumba classes in high school. Um, the one of the first studios that they taught at was a five minute drive from my house. So. I've always been a Zumba lover and and someone who genuinely does, you know, does the class. And I think, again, like to be able to further my career in an in-house role is really important to me, but it helps so much when you are really passionate about what you do. I can't imagine going to a job every day that you don't like the product that you're trying to convince other people to like. So, right. I have a question. Yeah. So, okay, you come from TV networks as a director of communication. What was that role and what did, did that entail for our listeners that maybe want to kind of get a little insight in that? And then you transitioned to Zumba, which is obviously not TV. How do those compare? And what was the difference in be- like between the roles? You know what I mean? Because you were still director of communications and both, but clearly doing different things. So if yeah, you can differentiate course. that, that would be great. Of course. So just one thing to always know, titles mean such different things everywhere you go. So never never pay too much attention to the title, just about like the context of what you'd be doing in the role. Um, at Fusion, I wore a lot of different hats. So I was the publicist for all the talent on the network. So it meant that if we had someone who had a book coming out on their own or a new show launching, I was the one who helped you know, booked them on uh, The Daily Show or whatever, wherever it was that they needed to be or needed to interview. And then would, of course, travel with them, go with them to that. Um, I served as the publicist for all the shows. Um, So if we had something launching, you know, I would make sure that I was pitching that out and and getting the news on that out. Um, And then for a new network, I was also, you know, pitching out just that we existed and what Fusion was. So PR-wise, I was always sort of talking about those three different buckets. Um, And then I also oversaw events in that role. So um, it was a combination of different things. Like we, Fusion hosted the Brown and Black Forum um, in Iowa for the Democratic candidates. Um, So we had a whole event that was not only 
the TV production side, of course, but the the live event and the press room for that. So I was involved with logistics for that and coordinating that. And then on the flip side, I mean, if we had a show premiering and we needed to have a launch party, I would help coordinate that. Um, would you also be yeah. involved in also representing executives on communication? Yeah, so for- that's a good point. So yes, I did work with the executives, um, pitching them out and making sure that they you know, were uh, not only being interviewed for the right things, but also on the right panels at different events and making sure that I was getting them out into the world and giving them visibility. So yes, it did involve executives as well. Um, And then also, which is kind of unique at Fusion, me and one of my colleagues, Elisa, we started something called The Coven, which was um, sort of a women's empowerment group within Fusion. And we brought in female speakers and we got cool merch. And it was something that we were really proud of just to have that sort of uh, forum for women who were working at Fusion to get together and talk about that things that were going on internally, externally, and just like really be... Safe space is the wrong word. Um, it was really just like a... Networking. A, and networking. giving them access to other women. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, yes, networking. So that was my my fusion life. And then at Zumba. So Zumba, actually, we have two main brands. So we have Zumba, which you know is dance fitness. And then we have Strong by Zumba, which is a hit workout that's actually... Um, really, really growing. We have, you know, over 500,000 people a week taking a class at classes around the world. And so um, I oversee both of those brands, um, all the social channels. So we have an account for Zumba, for Strong. We actually have an apparel brand too called Zumba Wear. So we have a social account for that. And then we have separate accounts for our instructors. So just specifically to work with our instructors and, you know, share messaging with our instructors about membership benefits or whatever we have coming up. So five channels total. I oversee the team that manages those and, you know, am responsible for creating strategies and working with influencers for those. And then I oversee all the PR for both of those brands. So any events that we're doing, any music partnerships, which is really, really big in Zumba world, because of course we have lots of music in our classes. So I'm constantly working um, with musicians, um, other celebrities, and um, our executives as well. I work with them. And you have the Zumba convention, which I saw is huge. I want <laughs> yeah. to go one day. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, the world of Zumba is something that if you don't know, it's really the most enlightening, crazy thing. Uh, yes, we ha- we host a convention in Orlando that is, you know, over 7,000 instructors gather to network and learn new choreography. And we even have something called a fitness concert, which is basically like a huge Zumba class with live music and performers. This year, we had Becky G perform. Um, and then we, I also just got back like a week ago from Japan. We had a 3,000 person instructor convention there. Yeah. I saw that my friends play in skills were also part of the yes. Zumba convention. Yes. Yeah. Playing skills. They're awesome. Yeah. They're great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So what's it like, tell us just what's a typical, typical week like for you or a day? Because I know that every yeah. week can vary. Yeah. Every, every week can vary. And I will say, I think, to me, that's sort of a perk of working in PR that really no day is the same. So you're constantly busy. I mean, last week, if I look at the week, I 
right now we're in the thick of, you know, planning uh, an event that is taking place for actually both brands with celebrity partners. So um, I was in the office on Monday planning that. I had to fly out to LA Monday night, was in LA for Tuesday for a shoot on the red eye back in the office on Wednesday, Um, holiday parties, like just trying to, you know, add everything and be everywhere at once. Um, Whenever we're working with music partners and and launching new songs with them. There's sort of countless calls with their teams, just making sure their social plans align with ours and how we're supporting each other. And um, Zumba's incredible. I mean, we're essentially a content brand. So, um, you know, I can wake up one day and see hundreds of videos that are posted overnight and then be the person who's giving those and sharing those with different music artists or celebrities or whoever we're working with. So... Um, it's, it's constant. I mean, as for, in terms of a day, my day starts like at 5.30. I usually go to the gym before work. I try and get to the office by like 8, 8.30. And then I'm pretty much hit the ground running until about 7 p.m. And by the time I get home um, and, you know, have eaten dinner and everything while I catch up in on TV and in the news, I'm you know, answering people on Twitter, just trying to do... I, I utilize every minute of the day. But so do that, you have a team? Obviously, you have some help, right? Yeah, no, of course. I have the greatest team um, and tons of support. But, um, you know, there's only so many hours in a day for all of us. So we're definitely... When it comes to being a team, like I know if someone doesn't get to something during the day, I'm happy to take that on at night if I need to when I get home. So wow. it's um never stops. And I'm interested to know, speaking yeah. of your um instructors, they are influencers themselves, correct? Yeah. So do, do you also manage them as talent? So um, it depends how you look at that. So yeah, we have incredible instructors who have truly built their own followings. Um. I don't manage them personally, per se, but we definitely work with them to make sure that what they're promoting um, is in line with what we're promoting so we can help them and, you know, vice versa. Um, They also work with other brands sometimes, obviously not fitness brands, but they have people approaching them all the time too. So they manage that part on their own. Okay, cool. Because I would think that it would be a great tool to put them in front of like media if they're yeah, so, the brand, yeah. yeah, so our instructors definitely are media assets for me. So of course, it's important for people to hear from our CEO or CFO or head of Zumbaware. But at the end of the day, our instructors are really, you know, the heart and soul of the brand and, and they can speak better to the brand um, than anyone. And, and they're like our walking storytellers. So you were talking about overseeing five different channels. Yeah. And PR. Yeah. And branded content. Yeah. So I don't think every company has it all merged together. No. So how does how does PR play a role in social media and then vice versa? Because it looks like nowadays, the way that the world has changed, it just goes hand in hand. Yeah, it, I really agree with that. I mean, traditional PR, as we used to know it, which is just pitching media, has really, um, it still exists, but you know, every day you see there's different media companies that are merging or ones that are closing down. Or I remember, you know, 10 years ago, you there'd be 10 different contacts, even that write about one beat. And now it's like one person who covers so many things. So the media landscape itself is getting smaller, unfortunately. So there's also this element that people are consuming news in a different way. And so as a PR person, you have to kind of 
think about who your audience is and how they would want to receive your brand information. So sometimes that is through video. Sometimes that's on social. Sometimes it is through more traditional PR article or pitch or what you know whatever it is. So um, they all work together. I don't think that you can sort of just be a PR person anymore. You have to know what's going on in the social media world for sure. I think the one area that I I still think is gray for PR people becomes digital because for paid digital, that's really a departure from what PR is, which is not paid. So I still think that kind of lives on its own. But for the most part, everything else, you really have to know how those things work. And and every brand is different. Like something that works for your brand on social may not work for another brand or a platform that works really well for Zumba uh, is not something that I ever did at Fusion. So it's just finding the balance of what makes the most sense for the brand you're at. What's your most proudest just moment currently that you've looked or project that you've worked on? It's so hard to just pick one. You have to pick uh, one. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I th- pick one for for 2019. Okay. Well, <laughs> for 2019, uh, the project that I'm most proud of would probably be uh, Zumba teamed up with Jonathan Van Ness for World Mental Health Day. Oh, fun. Um, which was so fun. Jonathan is someone who I completely adore and I think everything he stands for. Well, I don't think everybody knows who oh, he might be. So okay. he's from Queer Eye. Yeah, I didn't know who that was. <laughs> but oh. I was so yeah. tuned in. Tell me more. <laughs> Yeah. So Jonathan, um, definitely his claim to fame as Queer Eye. He's one of the five uh, personalities on that show. And his background is a hairstylist, actually. But why he's sort of grown so popular is because of his character. He's just a very sweet, kind, open book, gregarious person. Um, And his, while the show Queer Eye focuses on kind of making over people, his message is always just, you know, personal transformation is defined by you, not defined by anyone else. So it doesn't matter. We can cut your hair or dye your hair, but ultimately you need to feel good about you on the inside. And so it really matches up. I mean, Zumba, yes, is a class at the gym, but we hear from so many people and I, I read the posts myself and get the DMs. I mean, Zumba changes people's lives, right? And not just because they're losing weight, but because it helps them with their anxiety or it's helped them find friendships. And so the messaging that Jonathan, his whole platform stands for is so similar to Zumba. So he's really been on my radar um, for us to work with him. And World Mental Health Day is an important day. I mean, for us, it's every day, right? But um, since that's the recognized day, we we teamed up with him. He crashed a Zumba class and it was just a really special moment for everyone in the room. Awesome. I know it's important to open up that conversation. So Definitely. that's incredible. I think it's so cool that like you can like literally just be so creative and come up with different campaigns or different programs to like match up with the company. And literally you probably can just hit them up and hello, Zumba is calling me and they'll, I'm sure they will pick up, which is like awesome. Yeah. Because you can like, there's no limit, right? I like to think that there is no limit. And so part of the, my everyday challenge and most exciting part of my job is thinking about what are those moments where Zumba can stand out, but not stand out for being anything but ourselves and being what the brand is supposed to be. Authentic. We keep having that conversation about authenticity and transparency in in business. And yeah, and I think think now people are 
smart because of social media. We're smarter, right? It's very obvious when someone who you know probably doesn't ever use what they're selling is selling something. And it's just, it looks kind of silly. We can sense it for sure. How do you measure success? So some advice that I got just about success in general is always measure success for yourself and not comparing what other people's success is to your own. So that's always how I like to view success. But um, my love language is uh, verbal affirmation. So for me, it's uh, success would be when someone has been so impacted by something I've done that it creates a conversation. So whether it's, I didn't know this about Zumba or what a cool partnership, or even when my colleagues or bosses or executives say, is so interesting to see Zumba positioned in that way, like loved that. I, I mean, for me, that's really success. Amazing. No, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I told you before we started recording, I have a Zumba class in my gym. So anywhere that has a Zumba class and they call it Zumba, it has to be official Zumba, right? Like it can't be like a copycat or like just calling it Zumba, right? No, no, no. If it's called Zumba, it is Zumba. Yeah. And it'll be a Zumba instructor in there? Yes. Oh, so cool. I can't wait to try it. I know. Gotta go. I'll (laughs) go with you. I think you're going to love it. (laughs) For sure. Awesome. Now, everything in social media changes like every day. Yeah. Basically. Now it's like all I hear about is TikTok, for example. (laughs) What, how do you keep up with like the ever-changing trends in social media? Because I mean, you work for a huge corporation, so you kind of have to keep them going, right? Yeah, of course. So I just can't stress enough how important it is to read and not just in the mornings. I mean, I'm constantly checking in all times of day because something can change in a day. And yes, with social media, but also with PR. Like I need to know that if I'm proposing something that A, no one's done it, B, that it's going to stand out in the noise, you know, of of everything going on in the world. C, that um, it's not going to offend anyone, right? We have to be careful about that now. So I think that it's just constantly, constantly reading and also checking in on social media, checking in to see how people are using it, how brands are using it, because you can draw a lot of inspiration from a TikTok video. And maybe it's not that you're replicating it on TikTok, but you think, oh, well, this could probably work in a YouTube format. And so I'm going to try and do something and move it to that platform and, you know, be influenced by. And and um, the only way to do that is by keep checking in. Yeah. And you can find out about like trends and like anything that's going viral that your company can maybe like jump on or, or be a part of the conversation. Exactly. I think that's so important. I mean, uh, during our Basel, the, the banana on the wall, um, we were able to replicate that with a Zumba wear shoe a yellow Zumba wear shoe that we duct taped to the wall. And it was just an awesome sort of engagement moment. And obviously, a lot of other brands were jumping on that conversation. But, you know, it's good. It's the only way that we would know about that is if we were keeping track. And we know PR has a lot of writing involved. Yeah. So obviously, whoever wants to get into PR and is listening, they have to brush up on those skills. Yeah. Writing is so important. I mean. Obviously, you have press releases, which I think is the first thing you learn about in a PR class, which are important. Um, It's really... How relevant are they though nowadays? Do you think people really like... I mean... So there's still... If 
there's still some media people that ask for a press release because they really like pull a lot of it for their stories that they're writing. Um, I do think they're a little archaic personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you can say a lot in a pitch, but it's also uh, a specific kind of writing. I mean, you know that now everyone's checking emails on their phone. So it's making sure that you're not going into crazy, crazy lengthy emails, but saying everything extremely concisely. And that takes practice. So I think like if you're new to PR or in school studying PR, I mean, one of the exercises that I had a teacher always tell me was open up a newspaper, go online, see what you know, what story strikes your eye and imagine that you were the person that pitched that story. How would you have written the email for that pitch? And I think that that's important. And it's also, you know, when I'm working with celebrities or, you know, reaching out to these celebrities that yes, I would think it's so easy to say yes to working to Zumba, but I need to show them that I know what's going on in their world, that I know something that they worked on, that why, you know, tying the relevancy of why they should work with Zumba into something that they've already done shows that I've done my research. And I think that really stands out to people. So writing is still really important, even if you're just using 180 characters. Like it's never stopped being important. And also like not everything is news or worthy of like a whole press release. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you could just send, you know, like a media alert or something smaller, but you know, not everything is news. Correct. And I think that even in general, like the format of press releases, if I, again, think back to when I was in college, I mean, our my teachers would require really lengthy press release examples. And now you see things that are like two paragraphs and it, you're thinking, why did I spend so much time <laughs> writing really long press releases? But yeah, I, I, I think if you're... Especially when you get to the point where you have relationships with media, sometimes it's just a text message to say, I have a story for you. And it's really important. Um, the phone call in PR world has not died. Like picking up a call, a phone and calling someone to pitch them a story could be really beneficial because since so many people rely on email, you have a good chance of getting in touch with a press person that way. So where do you see the industry going to? Like, where is it moving towards? I mean, that's such a good question. I think that, you know, unfortunately, the media landscape is still going to continue to change and get smaller. So anyone in the PR world is, again, going to sort of have to be forced to learn these other mediums. But more than anything, PR is not going anywhere because people and brands are always going to want to control the message of what they're telling people. So... Um, as far as the future, I mean, I, I do think, you know, there's going to be more social media platforms that pop up um, that we're going to just have to keep becoming familiar with and figuring out how we communicate from our point of view to other people, consumers and everything. So tell us some challenges that you do face, because I'm sure that it must be frustrating when people don't call you back or like you're trying to get a hold of someone. What are some other challenges that you face in PR? Yeah, so I think, and again, I I see this as a positive, even though it can be a challenge. Uh, PR is the one sort of department in a way that really works with everyone. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, you're working with talent, you're working with executives and whatever brand you work at, there's so many different sectors. So even if you don't have talent there, you know, you're working with product development or whatever it is. And, and so there's a lot of personalities involved. So, you know, as a PR person, 
it's kind of the nature of our job to just understand that not everyone works the same, that not everyone is the same in terms of response. And um, even when you get a response, it may not be exactly what you're looking for. So I think it's just being patient and and knowing that it's sometimes days are challenging than others, but ultimately there's a lot of responsibility on a PR person to make sure that everyone in the outside world is getting the correct information. So you just kind of have to like keep your eye on the prize sometimes. Yeah. And you have to be, you have to be, what's the word? Adaptable? Yeah. Constantly adaptable and a super people person. Yeah. I mean, that definitely helps. Um, I don't know if everyone is. But I think that that's definitely like, if you are a people person, this job will come very easily to you because you're constantly, constantly talking and working with tons of different people from all kinds of backgrounds. And and in the case of me working at Zumba, I'm working with people all over the world and countries that I never thought I'd have relationships with people who live there. And now there's people I work with and talk to every day. So it's a really cool opportunity to sort of expand your network, but also like I'm a people collector. So if you're, you know, meeting amazing people, you don't want to let them go. You want to keep them in your life in some capacity. So it's awesome. People collector. I like that. <laughs> That's cute. I have a question. Yeah. What sign are you? A Capricorn. <gasps> you were giving me Capricorn <laughs> vibes. It's crazy. I was going to tell you that. But damn, I, I, would, I, I usually wish you would have said it for me too. You, Because you know why? Because you know how I knew you were a Capricorn? Because you said that after work, you would go home, have dinner, and then go and answer Twitter. And that's <laughs> such a Capricorn thing to do because typically Capricorns are like very workaholic. Yes. And they're very passionate about what they do. And they're never stopped. Like there's no days off for a Capricorn. No, no so she off. gave me a lot of Capricorn vibes. <laughs> I should have said it. <laughs> what? Well, you felt it. I felt you it. And it. you are killing it, Capricorn queen. Thanks, girl. What's the best career advice you've ever received? Always take the meeting. Okay. So yes. I I think, you know, sometimes you're, you question yourself or you're not sure. And, and I mean this in sort of a professional growth area, because especially with LinkedIn, like you can get random messages from people or even when I'm invited to a meeting where I'm like, am I supposed to be there? Like, are they sure they want me there? I always say yes, because you never know what's going to come from meeting that person and where that can take you next. That's amazing advice. I think actually it's something Oprah said, but now I just say it oh, too. We love Oprah here. We yeah. Love Oprah. Yeah. So yeah. Anything Oprah says is so welcome right. here. But this is awesome. I think we've all learned so much from you. And like, oh, and just like because we have been interviewing other women in public relations, it's so different, like what everyone does. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's a lot of the ones that we did talk to were in agencies or some people that work directly with people or like a client base. Yeah. Um, there's companies, corporate communications, like you you mentioned. So it's just really interesting how there's different avenues within public relations. And I love for the listeners to like, see and hear that because they may just not know like where to start or maybe they're like, oh man, I didn't know that there was someone in, in a TV network doing all of this. Or I didn't know that I could like hire my own clients and try to like negotiate for them and get them some like great looks. <laughs> so it's, it's great to like differentiate everything. And what you do at Zumba is awesome. And 
I just can't wait to try the cloth. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going with you. Come all over to Kendall, girl. Yeah, I'll yeah, do it. She I'll do she it. Will go. Yeah. She will go. That's awesome. Where can people keep in touch with you? Anybody that wants to connect with you? Yeah. So um, I'm active on Twitter at Rebecca Dorfman or only at night. No, yeah, <laughs> only in the evenings. Um, or Instagram. I'm at Bex, B-E-X underscore D-O-R-F. Love Perfect. It. Thank you so yeah, much for sharing. Thanks for joining us. Sorry. Thanks for having me. It was me. fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like rate, review us, leave us comments and just like speak of us, like share us because we have so many amazing women that we want everyone to listen to, including Rebecca. So thank you for your support and see you next time. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh yeah.